Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. So here's a question for everybody. What's your favorite season of the year? Fall. I hear that a lot. Well, you are in luck, my friends. And one thing about autumn or fall uh, here in Northern Virginia, those of you who have been here a year or two realize it is spectacularly beautiful. Oh my gosh. And if we are willing to learn from every season of the year, every season will teach us something that is of value on our journey of ongoing spiritual growth and discovery. Now, each astronomical season has a marker event to say, hey, I'm here, everybody. For the spring and for the autumn, it's the equinox, the two days of the year when the daylight and nighttime are about equal, more or less about 12 hours. And on the autumn equinox, of course, it ushers in the fall season here in the Northern Hemisphere. And this year, that began on Wednesday, September 22nd, which coincidentally was mine and Anthony's 31st anniversary. Hard to believe since I'm only 33, (laughs) plus 23. (laughs) So as you know, winter and summer began with the solstices, the days of the greatest day, delight, and nighttime. Now, this is very important, what I'm about to share. Here is an interesting fact that just may help you win a trivia contest. So if you have a pen and paper handy, uh, please make a note, or if you, you can just go back and watch the video. It will help you to understand why the names of the last four months of the year make absolutely no sense if you have studied a Romance language, Latin, Spanish, or French. Because, let's start with September. The word September comes from um, Latin, which was spoken in ancient Rome, right? And septem is the Latin word for seven. Now, the old Roman calendar started in March, which made September the seventh month of the year. But through an act of government, it it started a long time ago. So the Roman Senate changed the calendar, and this is what you need to write down, in the year 153 before the Common Era. And they said, as governments will do, oh, let's change everything because the New Year really needs to start in January. And that made September the ninth month. That made October, from the Latin octo, meaning eight, the tenth month. That made November, from the Latin novem, meaning nine, the eleventh month. And that made December, from the Latin decem, meaning ten, became the twelfth month. I know you were all just chomping at the bit to learn this important piece of information. And again, that date, 153 before the Common Era. That being said, I still have absolutely no clue how daylight savings time works. That clearly was an act of Congress. So in meteorological time, another way in which the seasons are measured, all the seasons begin and end on specific dates. So if you're watching the weather forecast, the weather forecaster probably said on September 1st, this is the first day of meteorological autumn, which ends November 30th. So we have two ways of measuring time, astronomical time and meteorological time, which to me is two thumbs up. So let's switch gears. Each season 
brings its own energy, doesn't it? Its own consciousness. Wintertime invites us to rest and contemplate. The springtime encourages us to start new things, and all of our spring symbolism symbolizes life. We got eggs and rabbits. You can put the rest of that together. Summer is all about being active and getting out there and doing stuff. And autumn really has two principal energies, at least in my mind, harvest and release, coincidentally. Because in the autumn, we harvest all the busyness of the summer. We symbolize that with cornucopias and food galore. And yet we also ponder release, as symbolized by falling leaves. You know, trees show us truly how beautiful autumn can be and how beautiful the process of releasing that which is complete, that which no longer serves, and that which, with which we are finished. How beautiful that releasement process can be as they lose their leaves. It's almost like watching slow-motion fireworks because autumn captivates us with its limited engagement show of innumerable shades of red and yellow and green and brown and gray and orange. You see, the leaves have served their purpose. They have completed their season. And with grace, utter grace, they reveal how beautiful the process of releasing and letting go can be. And there doesn't really appear to be a struggle. There certainly doesn't seem to be any evidence of strife as the season unfolds and the trees remain true to their engagement in their participation in the seasonality of life. And it kind of reminds me of one of our favorite New Thought songs, I Release and I Let Go, by Reverend Michael Beckwith and Mickey, Ricky Byers. Amy, you want to give us a few bars? I release and I let go. I let the Spirit run my life. And my heart is open wide. Yes, I'm only here for God. No more struggles. Yes, I'm only here for God. Can I get an amen? amen? All right. All right. Amy, thank you. Yeah, only here for God. Okay, what does that mean? It sure feels good. It gets in your blood. You get your, your yeah, you get your moving. I almost said something uh, woefully inappropriate. But... <laughs> Yeah, you feel it. There's just something there. You know, the lyrics are poetry. And pretty much all song lyrics are poetry. And poetry, just like the words of sacred texts, engage us. And it, these words invite us to give attention to something that is always alive in us that we may not really be cognizant all the time. And then when you add a melody to that, our souls are stirred in a way that simply thinking or speaking cannot convey. 
it is as if the whole consciousness of our body and our mind and our spirit are actively engaged. And this song engages us and reminds us that we are only here for God, but it also raises that question consciously, what you talking about, Willis? What are we talking about? What does this mean? And as I leaned into it, it I realized it implies that whatever it is we believe God to be, it's pretty darned important. So important to us that we can say, that we can affirm, that we can sing, I'm only here for this. Whatever this is or whoever this is, I'm only here for God. And one thing that immediately became clear to me in my discernment process is that this is very different from being a martyr for one's faith. You know, history is full of individuals in different faith traditions in different parts of the world who would not relinquish their faith or their belief in their God or their gods, even under the threat of death. We have lots of recorded history of that. And I wondered how that would be if we had that experience in unity and new thought. If somebody were to willingly declare, I'm willing to die for the law of attraction or burn me at the stake for my affirmations and denials or stone me for accepting the truth of unity's five basic principles or my personal favorite, make me wear a scarlet letter T for practicing truth principles. We don't do that, do we? Amy, do we have any upthought, new, uh, beats, upbeat, celebratory, new thought martyrdom songs? No. no. No, we don't. So what we're talking about is something other than that, aren't we? Something bigger. I think what we're talking about when we declare, I'm only here for God, is that each and every one of us for whom this song resonates and stirs our souls has made a discovery, and that discovery is simply this. I am an individualized expression of the creative magnificence of the universe, God the good. I am an individualized expression of the creative magnificence of the universe, God the good. That is the truth of my being. I am here to be that in the world and nothing less than that in the world. That almost sounds egotistical, but it is not. If, as we teach in unity and new thought, every one of us has that spark of the aspect of divinity within us, then why not live it full out? Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and have it abundantly. There's a messaging there. I have come here to awaken each and every one of you to know who you are as individualized expressions of the creative power of God. Yes, no more struggle, no more strife. Put it to a beat. It awakens and affirms what we already know to be true about ourselves. And once we make that discovery, whether it comes in a moment of, of enlightenment or as a result of a slow progression, there's no going back. There is no more box to fit into. There is no more struggle or strife that is worth it. 
But, but it raises the question, what caused the struggle and the strife in the first place? Was it trying to be someone you were not? Was it trying to live up to somebody else's expectations that you never signed on to? Was it trying to hide your power and your creativity and your power and your beauty from people or situations where they would not or could not be appreciated? And almost as importantly, if not more so, perhaps the struggle and the strife are natural, are natural outcomes of simply not accepting the truth of ourselves. I think all of us have seen it and glimpsed it at some point. And there was a tape or a message or something within that said, do I dare even believe that? Who am I to believe that? Wow. And so as a consequence of shame or guilt or not honoring our uniqueness, we struggle and strife just trying to get by, trying to get, get through. But then there are those moments of grace, aren't there? Those moments of realization when we realize that there is a crack in this emotional suit of armor or psychological suit of armor, or even a spiritual suit of armor that we've put on ourselves or somebody else has, where there is a crack. And that light that is inherently at the core of each and every one of us is made known, or more accurately, is remembered. And that light activates our faculty of faith and empowers us to shed the armor like a tree sheds leaves. And our spirit is free to guide us truly in being here only for God, to be an only for an, to be an expression of what God is. So let's get back to these trees, these beautiful trees and their leaves and their shedding. Again, the, in the shedding twice a year. Oh, I can't wear my black pants. What if the leaves emerged from a bare tree as a form of protection from the natural elements or from the world? in the same way that many of us have learned behaviors and responses to life that blossomed from us to protect us from, well, whatever we needed to be protected from. And what if those defenses, those protective defenses, became so lush and so full that the tree underneath could only be seen partially, if at all. Case in point, I learned early on that being gay set me on a path that was fraught with difficulties. History and faith communities and governments have not been so kind to those who experienced the love that dared not speak its name. And as soon as I realized that, I started blossoming leaves to protect me, to protect the person underneath from the elements of the world around me. My guess is that every single one of us has felt the need to have developed some manner of protection for some reason or another. 
Maybe your marital status, your birth status, your health status, your national origin, your race, your choice of perfection, um, where you came from, where you live. I mean, the list goes on and on and on of why people feel these needs to protect and cover up and not reveal who we are, to leaf out so that we might be in the world. And that process continues until it stops. And it stops when we have these equinox type of moments of equanimity, when we just see the world as it is, and we see ourselves as we are in unvarnished and unprotected fashion, and we make a decision or have a moment of grace or come to a realization, I am letting go of the struggle and the strife so that I can be here for God. It's a process to be sure, I, I will tell you that. The trees don't shed their leaves all at once, but there is a certain beauty really, a certain healing quality of honoring the process of whatever it is we are releasing, of noticing what it is being let go and burned off in hues of red and orange and yellow. And the releasing of who we are not includes honoring who we thought we had to be and acknowledging the strategies we thought we had to use in order to survive, to get through, or even prosper. And when the leaves are gone, symbolically what remains is a very beautiful tree that was there all along revealed in all its angularity and scars and solidity and beauty with the different types of bark that is grounded to the earth, drawing nurturance from our universal mother while continuing to reach out into the heavens in growth and appreciation of the majesty of the world. And there's one more stop on this analogy. You are aware that there are some trees, like the hollies out here, that don't shed their leaves. And there are some folks, nobody in this room, but you might know people, who desire and seem to need to maintain that protection their whole lives through. Well. For them, we always extend compassion because we have been there. And we extend our love and appreciation. So we have homework. I want to wrap up with this message by giving homework, much like Miss Wolf did during the children's lesson today. I invite you, as the autumn unfolds, to take into discernment whatever attitudes or beliefs, behaviors or strategies or thoughts you have adopted that have served their purpose or outworn their welcome, consider what these are. What are you releasing and letting go? And as you notice autumn leaves begin to fall, project whatever it is you are releasing onto a falling leaf that gently falls to the ground and say to yourself, 
I release and I let go of X. I release and I let go of Y. And with a gentleness of spirit, just let it go. And that through the grace of spirit will all be washed away. Peace be with you and namaste. Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia, every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org. We appreciate your donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive, practical spirituality more accessible to all. See you next time.